The following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Just like this concept of seasons, you know, you need to have a season of dormancy. Plants need to go dormant. In order to come back in the spring as a bigger, well, it's like more trees too, more like exactly, they need to, yeah, they shed have to go leaves. dormant, shed those leaves, and then come back as a larger, more fully expressed version of themselves. Yeah, dormancy is so necessary. You know, I've been thinking a lot about internal seasons, so not just like it's spring, so I'm in spring, but like, what is my internal season right now? And I think you know, society really makes us think that we have to always be in summer. Summer is expansive growth. Yep. The harvest starts coming, you know, go, 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 long days, blah, blah, blah. No, summer is one of four seasons and we should be going through those every single year. So, you know, if you're in a winter, maybe you're, you have a little bit of spring, like maybe you're in like a March moment where like the, the crocus are starting to pop out and you're starting to see some of the growth, but it, the ground is still frozen. Like that's okay. Like that is so necessary. And it's going to make that new spring and summer so much more robust for you. But you've got to allow that dormancy and that quiet for a moment. And I think that's another thing that a lot of people lose sight of. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Corporate Quitter. I'm super excited about today's episode. I'm having Maria on, and I think we met at Podcast Movement in Dallas last year. Is that how we met? Yes, I think that was yes. like the connecting point. So Maria and I met, and we like we call, like soul sister moment. We're like, I get you, you get me. Like, we're on the same wavelength. Cool. We spent like a couple hours together, got like grabbed ice cream, like just like, I don't even know how you would say it. We just like vented and like had a good time for like hours the day before yeah. podcast movement actually happened. I aspire to be like Maria. Like she's got Aww. her pod. I mean, really, you you have your podcast. You you know, you have your book now. Like you're doing all these things. Like you are like 10 steps ahead of where I'm at. I'm like the baby mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, the, the more seasoned podcaster. So I'm just happy that you're on and you're wanting to talk with me and like share some of your your, your journey more so than what we've dived into in August. So thank you so much. Oh my God. Yes. I feel like we have pod big sister, little sister vibes kind of, yes. even from the <laughs> moment we met. And I do want to say just for anyone listening who like struggles with making friends, I I actually remember exactly how we met. I was looking at the people who were speaking and I noticed that there was a panel hosted by Red Circle, which is the podcast host where we both host our podcasts. And I I saw your name and I went and looked you up on Instagram and I was like, wait, this chick is cool. Like, who is this girl? And I DM'd you. I remember just DMing you being like, you look so cool. I think we should be friends. Like, do you want (laughs) to hang out? And we literally, you were like, yes. And literally just met in the hotel lobby and went for a walk. It was so nice. So, you know, just for your listeners, if you're ever like nervous to reach out to someone, just do it. I feel like sometimes I'm almost an aggressive like bully when it comes to making friends where I'm just like, we should be friends. Let's do this. Are you a Capricorn by chance? Because I have a friend who she was a single child and she's like a Capricorn. And so, I mean, not that that's a thing, but she she's like, oh, my God, no, I like fi- if I want to be friends with someone, I like seek them out and we're like friends. Like you're not allowed to not be I my will friend. Make like we're going to be friends. Yeah. I'm an Aries, but I have a stellium in Capricorn. And I definitely, uh, I have, I'm in, in very intense Aries. I have Aries sun and rising, Gemini moon. Wow, double. But- yeah, double, very intense. I'm also the first child in my family, first child in my first child in my nuclear family and my entire family. And yeah, but I do have a Capricorn stellium and and that makes tons of sense. Damn. How so how was your Aries season for you? Also Amazing. happy Aries season, happy spring. Happy Aries season. 
It's been so fun. This last six months has been. Can you hear Frankie? I can, but ever oh, so everyone, you want to introduce Frankie? He can he can stay on the podcast. It's totally fine. Are you sure? Okay, yeah, I totally can also fine. Put a cover on his kid. He's very. Cute. I just got. I, I love birds, so like I, I'm fine with it. Amazing. <laughs> it's peaceful. So Frankie is my baby budgie, a baby parakeet. I got him in January, and actually, I got him because I'm. So okay, this we can make this all make sense in our conversation. The last six months has really felt like a rebirth and like a stepping into who I actually am. I went through a lot of trauma in the last three years with the pandemic, which we can get into because it directly affects my my business. I was not a po- I was not a professional podcaster three years ago, and in this new season, I've just been really exploring like who I am, Maria, as a person, and not Maria as an actress or a podcaster or a whatever, like externally facing something. And in that, I've been researching my lineage of my Italian ancestry because I'm a dual citizen. I grew up going to Italy on a farm, on our family farm. And every woman in my family has had birds. It's like a very Italian thing to have birds. And so I don't know why, but I was doing a meditation and like getting a bird just like came to me and it was just this it was this constant intuitive whisper that I felt like I just needed to get a bird and I had to have multiple conversations with my husband because he's not a bird person but I finally got Frankie in January Frankie is short for Frank Sinatra and oh he's the God. coolest but <laughs> I'm obsessed with him but as a podcaster I was telling you offline did not think that through of having a bird in my office when I do audio and now Frankie like shows up in all of my interviews and it's he's he's a riot so anyway Frankie's part hi, of Frankie. me coming back to myself though yeah <laughs> hi Frankie he says hi too he's very excited to be on corporate so Twitter <laughs> I I um we so our pandemic babies were birds like we got ducks and we got chickens everyone Amazing. else had babies everyone got a dog but we did the bird route don't ask why we're just crazy and we're also Italians so maybe there's some like you yeah know, vein of truth in there and mm-hmm. I I love they were I mean the ducks I don't have that much of a close relationship with they're their own thing but like the chickens they have their own personalities they let you pet them it's like having a dog but just like with wings it's wild it's incredible and they're like so weird they're they're it's just a, in such a great way you're like personality validating like your own weirdness somehow yes some way. It's so funny you bring up chickens. I'm actually in an hour after our episode is done, I'm doing an interview on backyard chicken keeping because I'm ah. very curious and that's the total vibe over at my podcast. So, so Oh my funny. God, interesting. If you ever have questions, please DM me because it's a lot. It's not as difficult as you think it is, but we've had a lot of like hiccups with it along the way. But obviously we've lost chickens. We've we've now we actually just yesterday or two days ago, we woke up and we're like, oh my God, there's chicks in here. One of them just hatched chicks and we're like, okay, I guess we're adding to the flock. Like, it just happens these are all new things oh but gosh. uh it's it's yeah it's um it's a learning journey but you know how it is too with like animals they so much mirror and reflect like your own like mm-hmm. shit sometimes too so yeah it's a whole thing but definitely keep yeah. you posted i've been doing a lot of nervous system regulation work and the thing that i've realized about frankie is he's like essentially a nervous system covered in feathers like he doesn't have our cuckoo monkey brain to like get in you know, to, he, he is really going to town today. He's really chatting a lot right now. Um, maybe it's because he knows I'm talking about him. But it's <laughs> been so interesting working. It's been so interesting having him because he truly just is this little nervous system that goes into freeze when he gets scared and bobs around when he's happy. And it's been it's been very eye opening caring for him. I'm very thankful he's come into my life. And it's interesting too because I remember in August you and I were talking about like the different methodologies and like 
met like any any like you no know, herbs and like anything that we can use right the moon and like all this woo woo stuff and even like the not woo woo stuff to try to get out of trauma and get through like the bs right uncover like peel back the layers so we can get to who we are so it's interesting that through the bird and through frankie and all this experience it's actually helping you with that versus something like i think at one point we were talking about certain dance classes and movement and stuff like that which we could totally get into woo in a second but before we go down that path, I want to yes, just yes. reel it back and like tell everyone how you got into the podcast world. Because right, you were in theater. I know you were in New York City, and now you're fully in the plant, you know, kind of zone, the gardening zone, and you're upstate, right? I think you're upstate, and like, yeah, things are very different from the pandemic from now. Literally, 180 in my life. There's not one aspect of my life except for my partner that is the same pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. So, which snaps because the- a lot of people did not survive oh, in their yes. relationships. Yes, it it grew, it made us stronger and didn't pull us apart, and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, before the pandemic, I I mean, I came out of the womb wanting to be a professional singer. It was the only thing I ever wanted. Truly, I only wanted to be on Broadway. I wanted my name in lights. I wanted to be a star. I was the annoying sister who would do performances after every dinner. I'd like make my parents and my siblings sit there so I could do weird dances for them like every <laughs> night after dinner. And I I did that. So I went to a sixth day of high school. I did my normal five days and then I went into New York City on Saturdays to study at Manhattan School of Music. And then I went to college for opera. I got my degree in opera. And right after school, I immediately started working as a professional singer. I always wanted to do musical theater. Never, I never performed opera professionally. I did musical theater. And I'm super lucky that, you know, for the first decade of my professional life, I got to be on Broadway. I got to do multiple tours of Broadway shows. I got to tour Europe for my first eight months out of school, doing the international tour of West Side Story. That's so cool. Yeah, it was wild. It was so cool. And it's all I ever wanted. I never thought I would get married. I never thought I would be in a serious relationship because I thought, you know, I just, I always thought I was just going to be the fun aunt, you know, like that I never had kids. I never got married. I was this like non-traditional artistic person that, you know, when you're in the theater, you go to work at five o'clock. When most of your friends are coming home from work, you're going to the theater to get ready to get in makeup, hair and makeup for a seven o'clock show. So it's this very, my really good friends from growing up used to say, Maria has this alternative lifestyle. (laughs) But I didn't care. I mean, I was freaking living my dream. There were also, I mean, I don't mean to glamorize that chapter of my life. There were extended periods of unemployment. There were extended periods of depression. There was so much rejection. Oh my God. The amount of rejection that actors face on a daily basis is so wild. And then I was in a show in New York City when the pandemic hit. And because of the distancing mandates, my show closed three days before opening night. Wow. And it was the show that I had been auditioning for for 10 years. I had finally made it. I was finally getting to perform on the stage that I had been dying to perform on. And then I never got to. And that like really broke my brain. I say, you know, I drank Aperol spritzes in my bathtub for like 60 days straight. I mean, I just like (laughs) cried in my bathtub for like 30 days. Leaned on Aperol spritzes pretty heavily to get me through that, that moment. Also, were you in New York City when the pandemic hit? I was. So it's funny because I had lived in the boroughs for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but I had ju- literally, had, like, I think it was like 
oh, two weeks before the pandemic hit and the lockdown started, I had just signed a lease in Manhattan. So I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I finally made it. I, uh, and I just got a marketing job. Same thing, right? I had this like new life up in lights. Like, oh my God, the path before me. Like mm-hmm. I'm finally, you know, not an assistant, right? I'm finally in marketing. Someone took a chance on me. And then of course it was in real estate. So that entire thing went to shit because no one was renting properties or purchasing oh for commercials. So same shit, right? You know, yeah. different story, I, but same thing. Yeah, and also just like living in New York City during the pandemic was was so traumatic. I think we all forget how fucking scary that was. You know, I was in 500 square feet, a 500 square feet apartment with my husband. He was my fiance back then. And man, I mean, thinking about six or seven o'clock every day where everybody would beat their pots and pans for the for the essential workers. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just this really crazy time. So... So I was a professional performer, but in before the pandemic happened, a few years back, when I was on Broadway doing Cats, the musical, I also moved in with my, my he was my boyfriend at the time. He wasn't my fiance yet, but I moved in with Billy and it was the first time I had lived with a boy. And so I had this insane desire to nest. And, you know, when you move in with your partner, someone has a couch someone has a bed we had most of his stuff because he had a one-bedroom apartment already and so I really wanted to try caring for plants but the thing was I was an epic plant killer when I was a professional musical theater performer I was traveling all the time I was living in like tiny apartments I was moving constantly I was so transient I couldn't keep a plant alive if someone paid me like literally I had a graveyard of dead house plants that I had tried to have I I always felt drawn to having them but I I couldn't figure out how to keep them alive and so when I moved in with Billy I thought okay I'm really going to apply myself I'm going to be a good you know, girlfriend, a good house, a housemaker and, and figure out how to care for some house plants. So it brings some life into our space. And we also had this tiny, tiny little Juliet balcony. It was seven square feet. I measured it one day (laughs) and it was seven, one foot deep by seven feet wide. Um, and it was a super sunny balcony. So I thought, okay, we can't sit on this balcony. It's not big enough, but I can put some pots with some herbs and actually just like grow some chives for our scrambled eggs in the morning. And I like to say that I came to plants for the aesthetic and I stayed for the wellness because like you, I'm a self-help junkie. I am as woo as it gets. I love self-development. I've read every self-help book. I've done every juice cleanse. I've done so many yoga retreats. I've spent thousands of dollars on self-development. Oh, and- yeah. It's it's astounding the amount of money that we spend on it. I was yes. just talking to a client before and she's like, how much do you think you sent, spent ballpark? I'm like – 100 grand, like literally over the course of my entire life, 50 to yeah. 100 grand on books, courses, masterminds, groups, like and retreats, any, yeah, any anything. Yeah, it's crazy. And the crazier thing that I was realizing was, oh my gosh, these little potted, super affordable potted plants are bringing me the most joy and are teaching me all the lessons that I need to know. How are these plants becoming my most useful and effective self-development tool like what's happening I I was seeing my life reflected before my eyes in pots of herbs and you know delighting at seeing leaves unfurl and seeing myself in those unfurling leaves like it was just this really kooky time and so when my contract at cats ended I was unemployed again and I knew that I knew this unemployment period was coming so I thought I was an avid podcast listener at the time. This was like five or six years ago. And there wasn't one podcast about houseplant care specifically. And also there weren't 
any gardening podcasts geared for super beginners. So I thought, you know what? I love podcasts. I have a computer. I have YouTube. Why don't I just like YouTube my way to figuring out how to launch a podcast? I'll do 10 episodes. I'll interview some plant care experts. It'll be this like gift, you know, this active service to other millennials like me who are living in apartments. And then like I'm going to book another Broadway show and this is going to be, you know, in my rearview mirror in a hot second because I was on Broadway. So I thought another Broadway show was coming soon and the universe had other plans as she does. I did yes, I did <laughs> not book another Broadway show. And the podcast took off. Like every month the downloads kept doubling. It used to be called Bloom and Grow Radio. Now it's called Growing Joy with Plants cuz I just rebranded this year. But um yeah, the podcast kept doubling and you know, you and I talk about going with the flow, finding ease, go fi- going where the ease is. And what I noticed in that period of time, there was so much stress around auditioning and booking another show. Mm-hmm. And the podcast was so easy and fun. And it was just ridiculous how quickly it was growing and how fun it was to make. I learned so much about leading like I wasn't an entre- an entrepreneur at that time because I was paying for the podcast out of my pocket, out of my savings. But I learned so much about being a creative entrepreneur in that time where like you have to be aligned when you make content. You have oh, yeah. to be aligned when you send business emails. Like there is an energetic connection between the actions that you take as, as an entrepreneur and, you know, the analytical side of me wants to say Maria that's bullshit but I just I've seen it too many times now well, in like the plants too mm-hmm. like that's such a the energy like they I think they did a whole study like there were plants that if you said positive words to and yeah. negative words to the positive mm-hmm. ones like those plants actually thrived and so like if you're yeah. seeing things from the plant perspective how you're nurturing them and you're like wait I'm kind of a plant like I have I'm 70% water like I have you know all this stuff 100%. within me too you know I just they don't have eyes and ears like but they kind of they have these senses right feelers um different ways of communicating like we're all kind of in the same playing field so why not us too yeah I have a whole little page in my book on that exact concept of we take such better care of our plants than we do ourselves you know like well, and our pets too and our and pets anything but uh, ourselves literally oh my god I'm learning that tenfold with Frankie my bird now but even with you know I will remember to water my plants but I will not hydrate myself (laughs) you know I will water my plants but I will not water myself on a very you know basic level but also you know I will care about my plants I will speak kindly to my plants I will be excited for them when they're growing I will be you know in general I'll bring positivity to them and then I will speak so cruelly to myself I will Mm -hmm be so negative and I think the act of nurturing a plant is really helpful is a really helpful lesson because that positivity comes naturally that then you can ideally kind of reflect back on yourself so I even have this in my book I have the series of planty affirmations that you're supposed to say to your plants and then the more it get the more comfortable you get with that you can start saying them to yourself and they you know they apply to both situations because I think Sometimes yourself is too personal and you've got to start with something externally. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I have to I have to, I'm going to add it to my Amazon cart right now. I have to I have to read your book. It's been on my list. But so oh, I okay. should, yeah, I should send it to you. <laughs> no, you I could no, let me support you. Let me let me okay. let me buy one. Okay, thank um, you. so Okay, obviously you're author. That's one of the reasons also why I'm like, oh my gosh, she's doing so much cuz I one day want to be an author too. But so okay, so you were in theater, you know, 
nurturing plants, all that stuff. Then the pandemic hit, and then that's when you left and went upstate. And is that when the book came about? Like, uh, what yes. Was the- okay. I forgot. I for- I totally went off on a tangent there. We were no, talking no, no, about no. The but it's story. this is important though, right? It's the development yeah. of like why it happened because yeah, I, yeah, it's part of the story. Yes. Yeah, so the pandemic happens. My I lo- I lose my job. I also ca- have to cancel my wedding <laughs> in this moment. Every, like the rug got pulled out from under me. And my husband and I had to move. Uh, we decided to let go of our apartment in New York City. And we moved in with my parents to save money while we were engaged for a little bit, which was also very interesting. So house, job, and um, what was it? Home. Like environment, all, yeah. Yeah, all changed. And out of nowhere, I get a email from a listener saying, hey, Maria, I am an editor at one of the top publishers at Macmillan, one of the top top five publishers in the country. I listen to your podcast. I think there's a book on plant care and self-care, and I'm wondering if you want to write it because you have – I have a series – before my rebrand, I had a series called Plant Side Chats. There were many episodes where I would talk about life lessons that I learned in my garden. And so Gwen, my editor, like cold called me. I didn't answer her for three weeks. I thought it was spam. And then I saw it come up again and I sent it to my dad being like, hey, have you heard of Macmillan? Like, is this spam? Do you think I should respond to this? And my dad called me and he said, Maria, respond to that email immediately. Do you not know who, what Macmillan is? Like, what is the, what is your problem? He was like, (laughs) email them immediately. And yeah, I got on a call with Gwen. She was just the sweetest person. And over a four-month period of like book negotiations, I ended up getting a book deal. So I had a very unique experience with books. I was not planning on writing a book. I didn't see myself as a writer. When she reached out to me, I was like, I'm a podcaster. I'm a talker. I'm not a writer. How would I even write a book? What would this book be like? But if we want to go woo-woo style, you know, I took a first call with Gwen And then I had a full book proposal 48 hours later. Like I had some sort of divine intervention where, you know, I went and I sat with my computer and I just kind of – I feel like I channeled something or I just really dropped into something in me. And this book proposal just poured out of me. Once again, I had never even thought I was going to write a book. I didn't even think of a book on plant care and self-care. But in 48 hours, I had it. So that was super interesting in that period of time, I was moving in with my parents and then the book negotiations happened while I was with my parents and then we got an opportunity to move upstate. So we moved to the Catskills. We moved to a cabin in the woods on five acres. So we went – I like to say we went from 500 square feet to five acres. I mean truly 180. <laughs> we didn't have a mailbox. We didn't have a garbage service. You know, We have to go to the post office to get our mail. We have to take our, our garbage to the dump. One of the funniest experiences we had moving was the first day that we moved. You know, moves are brutal. We're sitting on the couch. We're exhausted from this move. And we were like, oh, God, we're so hungry. Let's order in. Let's order delivery. Oh, no. And we <laughs> I feel like, wait, opened we our <laughs> We opened Seamless. You know, we were living in New York City. We would get delivery four times a week. And uh, literally not one restaurant delivered to our house. It was such a funny, like, awakening of oh my god what did we just do we just moved to the middle of nowhere we don't know anyone we don't know what we're doing it was it was hysterical so I think we had toast for dinner or something that night (laughs) yeah so it's been this real kind of rupture this real 180 flip and so in that next year 
you know, I had some meetings with the universe and myself. We kind of came to this agreement that the energy is flowing towards plants. There are just opportunities opening up left and right for this podcast and for me as a podcaster and an entrepreneur. So why don't I just walk through those doors instead of gripping around performing where auditions were super scarce, theaters kept pushing their dates back. I had a pretty unhealthy relationship with the performing industry even before the pandemic. So I was also starting to realize what being in that industry had really done for my self-confidence. So then 2021, I, I had to figure out how to write a book and I was continuing to produce my podcast figuring out how to monetize my podcast. I never wanted my podcast to be monetized. I always thought I would pay my bills acting. So -hmm. there was QuickBooks reconciling that had to happen. There was, you know, hiring an editor and managing a team and figuring out what a content calendar looks like. You know, when I started my podcast, my content calendar, I managed everything in a Word document. Like I didn't even have a content calendar. Like there's I didn't know what a Google invite was. Like well, I didn't like know what video content wasn't even a thing. I it wasn't think. even a thing. I was doing audio in my pajamas. <laughs> Instagram was a picture app, which it's yeah. not anymore. Um everything Yeah, RIP, RIP. And then the last couple of years has just been this really interesting shift of shedding that identity, shedding the the toxicity of of being in the performing industry, but then also kind of shedding this period of intense change and trauma that I went through that really I, – I really was in like a state of fight or flight for like two years. And then I feel like in this last year, I've kind of found my footing and have figured out how to pay myself with my business and feel good about the work that I'm doing and also not work too much. I mean, when I was writing my book, I was I was working – I worked seven days a week for an entire year between writing the book and producing the show. Um, so now I feel like I'm finally kind of showing up as the entrepreneur that I want to be instead of this like mess figuring it out (laughs) I mean that's like what it is in the beginning it's always a mess you're just like throwing shit together and you're like fingers crossed like no one notices and you're really the only one who notices right but still a hundred percent I like to say entrepreneurship I remember my brother is a very successful entrepreneur like multi-million dollars of funds raised he's killing it and I remember calling him one day in tears being like is this the secret to entrepreneurship that like it sucks? Does entrepreneurship (laughs) just suck and it never gets better? Is this the thing that no one's talking about, that entrepreneurship is so hard? And every time I go on TikTok and Instagram, it's all these people saying, here's how to make $10,000 a month. Oh, like the the hustle is amazing. Entrepreneurship is amazing. And like, no, it's not. It feels like you're walking around with no skin on. Yeah, it's literally. Um, I feel like I'm walking through glass every fucking day if I'm being completely honest. it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And so I felt like I also really needed to reconcile like what entrepreneurship meant to me and who I was as an entrepreneur because it's really fucking hard and Mm -hmm. scary and vulnerable. When you're a podcaster and you're showing up as yourself, that's so vulnerable. Oh, yeah. It's not writing fiction where you're writing other characters or managing somebody else's digital media or, you know, being a designer for someone else. It's like we're showing up as ourselves and that's ballsy and scary. I can see you being a performer where it was your job to take on the persona of other characters and now being paid to be yourself is like, holy shit, like something's wrong. Like, right, like the red flags are going up because – you like don't almost don't even know who that is because all you know is like being able to be fluid and 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 be able to be transient in all these different ways yeah. on a dime 
A hundred percent. That's very insightful of you. And yeah, as a performer, the the work, the the paid work is stepping into other characters, a hundred percent and being fluid. The unpaid work is making yourself appealing enough for a casting director to cast you. And a big thing that I really struggled with that completely put my self-confidence in the in the dumpster was, you know, I'm a curvy Italian girl who has a soprano voice, who has the voice of an ingenue, a leading lady. And I was just constantly told that I had to lose weight in order to work, um, that I was too fat, the role went to someone thinner, go on a juice cleanse before the final callbacks, like crazy shit. People used to say crazy shit to me. And I just took it because I thought, you know, as my young naive self, like that's what you're supposed to do and this is part of it. And so I was also constantly trying to change myself to make myself smaller, to make myself what other people wanted me to be to the point where I completely lost myself. I had no idea who I was anymore because I was just so fixated on becoming this perfect person to audition and and get this work because getting the work was tied with financial stability. Yes. So yeah, it was super interesting. So this this uh this new business that I have has been a true invitation to do the work to find come home to myself. And I'm very lucky that, you know, my business is surrounded by plants because I think that plants are the way for us to return home to ourselves because we are nature and in our simplest form we're just like this living, breathing thing with blood rushing around our vascular system, right? And like so are trees. Like trees are just this living, breathing thing with xylem and phloem. And if we can just like bring ourselves back down to that simplicity, I think, and peel away all that ego stuff, it just, it makes it a lot easier to return to yourself if you surround yourself in nature. Yeah, I agree. And I found that so all of last year was a complete shitstorm for me. Like it yeah. just nothing was going to plan. Yeah. Like I had a, a, like a fun summer. Things were good then. But after that, like the bookend of the year, like January through May and then like September through December, torture. Yeah. Yeah. But during those nice months, I was outside every day, like literally like sitting on the grass, like going for three to four hour walks. Like, I mean, I was really in nature and it is so grounding. I mean, to this day, I haven't done it too much since I've been back in New York, but like those hawker walks, as they say, or just like being outside do make a difference. It sounds crazy, but it's, it's, I think we like to complicate things as humans because that's the nature of like, I don't know, capitalism. You got to sell something, right? And and you can't sell nature. Like, I mean, I guess you could buy a plant, but you know what I mean, right? Like Mm -hmm. air is free when you step outside just as much as like the grass and the trees that are growing, like all of that. Um, but I'm wondering, so with the with the plants and like all of this stuff going on, were you like into the woo-woo stuff before all of this happened or it just naturally came? Because as we've talked about before, like the good and the bad, like when shit hits the fan, you kind of have to like, I don't know, put your tinfoil hat on and like have faith. And sometimes it looks weird, but that's all you have. So like when, when did this, when did this kind of develop? Yeah, I would definitely say for lack of a planty pun, I've had seasons, <laughs> I've had seasons. I've always been pretty spiritual. I read the law. I read The Secret in college. And I remember like fully buying into the law of attraction at a very young, you know, like 21. Mm -hmm. But I also have this like very masculine side of myself, very Aries, very fire. That's just like hustle, grind, go, go, go. No woo. Like work equals success, you know. And so I think I've kind of battled between those two sides of myself throughout my entire professional life. So yes, I had the woo. I, I definitely had the woo before. 
I was in a pretty rough clinical depression for most of 2021 and 2022. Um all of that change really just like kind of knocked me off kilter. And I um, medicated myself by working, overworking, and just like distracting myself. So I'd say, you know, I was waking up and I was doing gratitude lists and I was journaling. But I do feel like there was a part of my woo that was just like cut off from me because I just was so I – was, I was really struggling. I was really struggling. But – from when I've started Bloom and Grow, my my podcast, Growing Joy, um, I've always done a lot of kooky woo things. Like um, I loved five years ago. I don't know if she's still popular. Her name is Jess Lively. Her show used to be called the Lively the the Jess Lively Show, I think. But she's super into law of attraction and flow states. And you know, I would do things like I would only send business emails when I was feeling really good, like when I was aligned and. I would do this visualization practice where I would look at my downloads and I would add a zero next to whatever the the downloads actually was. And I would do this visualization. I would do, you know, a five-minute meditation practice in the morning and then a five-minute visualization practice in the morning of like me doing my TED Talk and, you know, me having a TV show and like all of these things. So I definitely think I've been woo for a long time. I think that moving to the woods has – accelerated my woo-ness oh for sure (laughs) um being surrounded by trees being in the woods truly understanding the power of of nature has really made me way witchier than I used to be I think too you know living in New York City I lived in New York City for 10 years I was running at such a high level of anxiety that felt so normal in New York City because in New York mm-hmm. City, like, you you have to just grit your teeth, you know? Like, it's a hard city to live in. And yeah. you're just constantly, like, when you even just think about everything, like getting groceries, doing your laundry is a struggle, right? It's a Schlepping struggle. your shit back and forth, like parking. I mean, the simple things that we take for granted, like, you know especially now living in a house right you have a laundry like room probably in your house right you have a parking spot you're like oh my god this is like I hit the jackpot like not hearing your neighbors upstairs and actually being able to sleep through the night like that's just that's normal for 90% of the people who live in New York City yeah and I actually for my book did a lot of research on this which made so much sense because as I was doing the research I was realized I I was realizing I was going through it in as I had moved to the country sound pollution is so bad for our nervous systems. Mm-hmm. And in when you're living in an urban environment, you're hearing, you just said, the neighbors upstairs, the cars at four o'clock in the morning, light pollution. I had never been in the dark until I moved. And I remember those first couple of months, I was actually terrified in our yeah. cabin in the woods because it was so dark outside because we didn't have streetlights that you literally looked, you looked through the window and you couldn't see what was outside. So there could be someone standing a foot outside my window looking in and seeing me and I wouldn't know. We're so used to having streetlights, you know, go through our windows and keep us awake. Like that's not normal for our bodies. And that creates this higher level of of anxiety or just running at this higher, harder frequency. And so when I moved to the woods, it took probably six months, but I really noticed this nervous system kind of down regulation of just like an inner peace that I had never really seen. I think in my book, I called it like a sense of calm that I thought was reserved for vacation. Mm -hmm. And I think from this place too, 
it's gotten me way more grounded with the earth. And the more that I'm grounded with the earth, the more that I'm obsessed with the moon. And the more that I'm obsessed with the moon, the more that I'm into full moon and new moon manifesting. You you said, I think back in August when we met, that you and Billy were starting to get into like moon rituals or something, right? Yeah. And you like got Billy into it too. And now he's like, he's he's for it. He's gets it. I'm a moon lady. Yeah, he, he doesn't do my rituals with me, but he has become captivated with her as well. And sometimes we'll be driving and we'll just be like, oh my God, look at her. She's so amazing. Like we we have conversations about how amazing she is. And so yeah, so I think the more I root into the earth emotionally, the more woo I get because I just see it. I feel my ancestors in the trees on my property now that I've never felt them before. But I just feel like I've been very divinely guided by my ancestors. And like I know that they're like my council here. My spirit Mm -hmm. guides are here with me. So yeah, I think it just all becomes way more believable. I'm also lucky that I've met a lot of really interesting people up here. One of my good friends is a shamanic Reiki healer. One of my good friends is a psychic. Like the the woods kind of attract a more hippy dippy type <laughs> of person. So I think that's also that's also made it a little bit easier. Have have you felt that it helps you as an entrepreneur or it hurts you? Because I know it's like a double edged sword. Like what are yeah. some things that you love and hate about entrepreneurship? That's like the instaverse reality. Like I think there's an ex- like we talked about before expectation of the journey. Like. That's not exactly how the journey is, right? The setbacks. I love this question. I think it can hurt, I think it can help and I think it can hurt you. When I go back and think about in the beginning of Growing Joy, Bloom and Grow Radio, I had this like weird concept of the law of attraction that like all I had to do was have fun and everything was going to come to me and not have aligned action. So I think that because I kind of misunderstood what this was, there was a lot of freeze and a lot of inaction because I just thought I was like having fun and letting stuff come to me. If you want to run a successfully financial business, you need to show up to your business, right? You can't Mm -hmm. just not do your books. You can't just not send invoices. So I have found that I think that actually hurt me a little bit because it caused me to be really disorganized. I think if you lean too much into the feminine, you can get too disorganized. You can get too uh, like amoeba floating everywhere, right? Um, And I think a healthy approach to entrepreneurship is a blend of the masculine and feminine. And I think what happened with me is I am so masculine in how I move throughout the world that I swung all the way over to the feminine, which felt so weird. And I now, did the same thing. That's yeah. so, so relieving that you kind of said that though, because for all of, so I same thing, right? And also as a lot of women, we naturally have fallen into the masculine because yeah. we've been, right, the person who makes the house, who takes care of the kids. Like, it's just like we have a control on everything. And I know you've probably seen too, there's been a switch in the, 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 the not the gender roles, but like things are changing between masculine and feminines, right? There's a, there's a shift between how we work and how we associate with one another and all that. But that aside, like, there right there is a balance but until you swing both pendulums you then are able to find the balance so you have to have that one year of like straight fuckery like literally that's all i can call it it's fuckery and just if if you mess you know you find out through that that oh i can't you can't have too much of one and the other right you have to balance the salt and pepper just like the masculine and feminine or one that just tastes bad yeah the yin and yang is a very good symbol for you know it's like they knew what they were doing a billion years ago with the yin and yang Yeah, so what I have found now is I really need a combo platter of this. When I was way too in my masculine in 2021, you know, 
literally working all day, every day, never took time off. My sweet husband, God bless him, he just like was so understanding. I just gave him no attention. <laughs> Sorry, I want to go back to the question you asked, the positives, the positives and negatives of entrepreneurship. So anyway, yes, I think that woo can be bad for entrepreneurship, but I predominantly think woo is required for entrepreneurship because like we said, entrepreneurship is so difficult and so vulnerable and if you want to believe in yourself in the fact in the way that you can step into this business and make a lot of money and empower yourself and do things differently the way entrepreneurs want to you have to have some sort of belief in a greater good you have to Mm -hmm. have some sort of belief in the fact that there is someone up there something some source up there helping you at least from where I'm standing. I would not be able to be an entrepreneur if I did not feel like I am being divinely guided by my ancestors, that there is a source energy that I'm putting enough positive out that I'm receiving back. I've had too many instances where I've just manifested shit. Like I've had too many instances where I've focused on something and then it's come to me without having to hustle that hard. But I do think it requires a balance. So what are some things that are Instagram versus reality? I think it's hard as an entrepreneur to not wrap up your self-identity in your business Mm -hmm. because most entrepreneurs are selling themselves. Yeah. And I have found my entire identity was based on when I was a performer, whether or not I had a job, like whether or not I was chosen and I got to be picked by someone else to be employed. I had such a negative self-narrative And I had this industry that was confirming that self-narrative, right? Because I was constantly getting the feedback that I shared. And I realized in the process of turning Growing Joy into a business that I started just taking that self-worth from acting and placing it into my business and placing Mm -hmm. it into the amount of listeners that I have and the amount of followers that I have. And this book has to be amazing and it's my distilled thing. You know, like I just – It's so hard to not put yourself in that work and to not get validation through that work. I'm so lucky that I had a therapist and a team of supporters that were able to help me kind of intervene as I was doing this really bad toxic habit of mine. And in the last year, I have really kind of pulled myself out of that space and asked myself the question, what would it look like if my job was the least important, the least interesting thing about me? And so that is ironically kind of a goal of mine for 2023 is making my business be my least interesting thing about me to me, meaning I found hobbies that don't have to do with plants or singing. I'm super into embroidery right now. I'm super (laughs) into my bird. I'm super into my marriage, you know, like I make space to have dinner with my husband every night, which is something I didn't do in 2021 when I was a workaholic. I have a three-hour morning practice, which is insanely privileged and lucky, and I don't have kids, and I I understand how lucky I am to take three hours for myself every morning. But I've just like – I've really done a lot of work to kind of build self-confidence and safety in myself outside of the business. And what I have found is the more that I do that, the more success I have with the business because I'm Mm -hmm. able to approach it not from a emotional, gripping – I need this to be successful thing, but a like, oh my gosh, like I'm so worthy. I'm doing such a good job here. Like, why don't I do this other good job with this thing? And you got, you should totally work with me because I'm so fun and awesome. And like, I'm such this, I'm this interesting, well-rounded person, you know, it's like, it's just like this very different energy. And I think that's a huge pitfall that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. You're just 
putting yourself out there day after day, especially if to if you have to sell your own shit. I have to sell my own advertising. That is so hard. I used yeah. to cry. I used to cry every time I'd get off a call, a sales call. I would cry to my husband about like how awful that felt. And he helped me build a sales program and kind of taught me some stuff. But I think, you know, I think the biggest thing is everybody thinks entrepreneurship is so fun and easy and it's not it's a job just like anything else and if anything it's probably a little bit harder I also think podcasting you know I feel like people think podcasting is so easy and like you know people come to come up to me all the time being like I want to start a podcast I think I'd have a great podcast I was talking to my friend and you know I mean like it's so it can be easy but I think the the like expectation is for them to have like the full setup, right? The full videographer, like the, everything is perfect, right? The, the microphone call her daddy. Is, yeah. Exactly. And it's not. It's a pair of fucking headphones and you, that's it, right? Scrappy. That, that's exactly. So that's not sexy. And creating a graphic on Canva when you have no graphic design experience, yeah. like shit is not sexy. But I mean, really, shout out it to could, Canva. <laughs> literally, right? Um, but I mean, it, it could be done really cheap and it could be done for like literally zero dollars. It would just take a lot of time, right? Because you're doing it and producing your yourself or you can do it raw but I think there's again there's an expectation of it being easy but this is a long-term game and I think in your case like you niche down and it worked out really well and that's a problem is sometimes people are too broad and then it's like muddled down you know what I mean I think just in this podcast conversation that you're bringing up too because I think some people think yeah I'm gonna be like call her daddy and I'm gonna have this cool production and a billion followers and a billion but I also think people think that they're going to get so many listens which will allow them allow them to monetize and I think what people don't understand is it's really hard to grow in the podcasting industry right now um there's a lot of podcasts out there and if you start but I think this advice pertains not just to podcasting to anything Mm -hmm. if you start a company or if you start a podcast where your desire and your end goal is just to get like rich and famous that's not the energy to start anything with. Yeah. Mm-mm. I think what you really have to do with your podcast, and this is where I, everybody who start who approaches me that they want to start a podcast, I'm like, who are your avatars? Who are you creating this content for? And why is it going to change their life? And all you need to do is think about your avatars, your ideal listeners, and create a company for them to create a podcast or to create content for them. And that's going to put you on the right path, not – you know, I was talking to my friend and we have such good conversations. We think we should have a podcast. That's not that's not the vibe. The vibe is how can you be of highest service to whoever is listening to your show? Um, and I think, I mean, I really do feel like that's kind of where the entrepreneurial industry is moving, where all of these companies that are coming out are so mission-based now. So yeah, I don't know. I just think from an energetic standpoint. So the people who are coming in with ego are going to have problems. But I think also the thing to clarify is sometimes you, you the service, quote unquote, service you're providing is actually joy, which is through humor, 100%. which is good, like deep conversation. So as so yeah. long as you're in the headspace of like, I'm not just doing this because, like you said, like I want to be front center of attention, like you're doing it because you're genuinely curious or you genuinely are having a good time. People pick up on energy. Again, we talked about it before, right, with plants and everything, like everything is energy, whether you want to admit it or not. From the outside looking in, you look extremely successful. I aspire to like get the downloads you have, right? Get the book, you know, all, all of those things in due time. But I'm wondering, like, first of all, do you find, do you think that you're successful? And also, do you think that your sacrifice and all the shit that you essentially went through with this whole journey, like you've reaped the rewards of it? Or are you still waiting? Like, I'm just curious about that because wow. I hear from a lot of people and I, I'm still 
behind in the sense not behind but you know what I mean like I'm I'm below you in a sense right I'm still rising up and so sometimes I'm like mm, is this ever gonna like feel yeah. f- not, it's yeah. fulfilling but not satiated if that's the if that's the kind of phrase Gabby I've done four billion podcast interviews and no one has ever asked me that question I think that's such an interesting question to ask an entrepreneur let me think about this I don't mean to put you on the spot I just no I, I love to it a client like two days ago and he's like oh you're so successful I'm like I just moved back home with my parents. I'm turning 30 in a month. Like, I'm not married. Like, like I, I, I like, yeah. I'm scrounging to make business work. Like, how the fuck do you think I'm successful? Because yeah. well, I got verified yeah. on Instagram. Like, that's fucking a vanity metric. That doesn't matter. Nothing has yeah. changed. Yeah, I, I so appreciate this. Uh, and it, it is very interesting because when I was in the peak of my depression a couple years ago, I would have people DM me being like, you're doing so well. I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, I have cried six times today. <laughs> um, really? <laughs> truly. I'm crying yeah. right now. Like I ate um, a whole pint of ice cream to try to fucking deal with the shit. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm not doing yeah. well. So I think this com- this brings – so my answer to your question is yes and no because I think – I think focusing on a destination, you will never be happy. The destination is always going to be bigger. It's always Mm going to get – the minute you hit a million downloads, you think about two million downloads. The minute you hit 100K in revenue, you're thinking about 200K in revenue. Like that marker can always change. And so when you ask me if I am successful, my answer to you right now is yes. I feel successful because I feel happy. And I feel in service. I feel like I'm creating kick-ass content that is truly helping my audience live happier lives. Like that's my goal is to make the world a kinder and greener place. And I feel like I'm doing that. Monetarily, am I at the ultimate goal that I want? No. Um, I can pay my bills though, right? Am I paying all the bills? Am I buying our house? Am I doing all the generous things that I want to do with my friends? Like am I at that financial goal yet? No. Um you know, do I have the amount of listeners that I want yet? Do I have the lar- you know, the size of audience on Instagram or whatever do I want? No. But I don't really care anymore. Like I feel like that has shifted in me and I think that is actually why I say yes, I do feel successful right now. I've separated myself from this concept of my self-worth being my job and I've built like a really beautiful life where, you know, I go cold plunging with my husband in the morning and I work and I get to have amazing conversations with people like you and, you know, I'm able to pay my bills and I'm able to live comfortably. So to me, like, I feel like my definition of success has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller, the happier and happier and happier I get. Because I think so much of us chase the success of, I want to have a million dollar brand. I want to be you know, I used to say, I still say, I want to be the Joanna Gaines of houseplants. I want to be the Martha Stewart of houseplants. And I still want that for myself. I want to be a household name when it comes to that. But like, I don't know. I think I'm going to be fine if, I, if I'm if i not that. Like it's um, not so definite. Like I'm going to die if I don't get that type of yeah. thing. Yeah. And that I feel like for me in this moment is successful. I don't know as an entrepreneur if maybe I should be, you know, gripping onto those thoughts. Um but like life is so short and life is so much more about – life is so much more than just like your job and how much money you make. I mean, you know, I I was like reading the study of like when people die, like none of them wish they made more money. Like they I wish know. they spent more time with their family. They wish they spent more time – They wish the, they said the thing to the person they had the crush on yeah. or they wish they took the risk. Yeah, I know. So that's like I – 
I, I forget how old you are. I, th- I'm def- I think I'm younger I'm than 34. you. I'm 34. Yeah, you're okay, a little so younger Okay, so I'm a couple years. Yeah. So for me, right, I'm in this pivotal moment. It's almost like ex- existential crisis, right? Like there's like, if you want to get into astrology, okay, we got Saturn return. We got the 27 yeah. year. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of shit going on, right? Mm-hmm. You're, fir- you're hitting your first, you know, 10 year marker as an adult. And there's so much pressure for the kids, the house, the relationship, all that stuff. And then when you look at like, I have people in the quote unquote traditional societal lifestyle who have those things and have the bustling 401k. And here I am with like a fucking podcast and a loud mouth and a reputation (laughs) and like all this money and debt trying to build a fucking dream. And it's like, like, I'm glad that we're taking the risk. I'm glad that we're doing that, but it doesn't feel necessarily good because it's uncomfortable. Like it doesn't look sexy. It's so uncomfortable. You know, I was doing a Peloton ride today with Kendall Tool, Kendall O'Toole. <laughs> I love her. She's a great, I love she's a great her. instructor. And she said, you've got to break down to break through. Yeah. And I do feel like that. And I do feel like you are very much where I was a couple of years ago where I literally had to just break everything down. I mean, I had to completely deconstruct my sense of self, really. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what I can share is on the other side of that, you know, I've never felt more myself. I've never felt more alive. I've never felt more successful. I've never felt more happy. But that's because I just had three fucking horrible years of like yeah. getting dragged through the dirt in so much therapy, medicated, like such a dark night of the soul. Um, and not using that term lightly. I'm not – I do feel like dark night of the soul gets used a little too much. Like I truly – Yeah, I agree. Did not know what I was going to do with my life. Um and so, yeah, so I think, you know, on a podcast that celebrates entrepreneurship, which I'm so, I, I think this angle that you're taking is so smart and so cool. I, I love that. I, I mean, I just think it's very interesting that I'm just like, yeah, but like, just don't make your job mean anything because I know that <laughs> I'm, so many people are going to hear me and roll their eyes, right? But I only say that because I feel like it's probably, entre- it's our biggest struggle is like doing yeah. that. And I think if you are able to have a healthy approach to your business that you're cultivating it's going to work for you a little bit better working yourself to the bone or to the point of burnout like isn't doing you justice and it's not doing anyone else justice and also like abandoning yourself yeah so that you don't abandon others or abandon jobs or like you always have not that we want to be selfish and come first but like we we at least for women like I felt like that like I always put other people first and then I end up shooting myself in the foot so I'm like I'm the nice guy but then I miss out yeah, on the man. money, on the opportunity, on the whatever it is too. Yeah, I can totally relate. I think that's a very female experience. And I don't necessarily think it goes away. But I think that, you know, oh, one fuck. of my <laughs> <laughs> one of my mantras though, I will share one of my mantras lately has been protecting, I got to protect my peace. Yeah. And I never used to protect my peace. I never used to consider myself and consider if I'm to go to this weekend, this birthday weekend, am I going to just feel like shit for the next two weeks? Like if I engage in this conversation with someone, is that going to totally throw me off? You know, protecting your peace might be recognizing that entrepreneurship is not for you. And maybe you mm-hmm. go back, right? Like maybe you yeah. move back into the corporate Which no, world. There's no shade in there's that There's no either. shame in that. Um, so I think, you know, the the older you get, the savvier you get in, yes, this is my – conditioned response to help others and to serve others and to make myself small and not not serve myself first but I'm smarter than that now and I know that I'm going to protect my peace or I know that I'm going to set up a boundary that wasn't here before so Mm -hmm. I do feel like it gets it's so much easier so like I don't know if that 
you know, that's some deeply programmed societal shit that yeah. we have so much deeply programmed stuff in I know, us. I know. Just wait until you get married. Like- that's also going to come. Like when I got married, man, I was just like, I had no idea all of this shit about weddings was even in my body because I never thought I would get married. And I, I would assume, you know, children are another th- trigger and another invitation for growth, yep. you know. I feel like it does – I mean, it certainly gets easier. It, it's just like those thoughts might still be there. You just learn how to protect yourself a lot better. One of the things that I do when I like wrap up podcasts is I ask one final question, which is like if you had to give advice to your younger self, what would that be? But was that basically the answer? <laughs> do you have something – do you have something else or something additional you want to yeah. add? Yeah. Oh, man. I like think – I've been doing a lot of inner child work lately. So I just like think about my younger self and I have so much love for her. Um, she tr- she she did her best. She tried so hard. She tried so hard. I think maybe my advice would be stop trying so hard. Um, I know. But it's I the older sister syndrome or like firstborn, older, you know, all I that. Know. I know. I think what you said is like don't abandon yourself don't let your don't let your job whether you're in corporate or whether you're you know an entrepreneur be your self-worth like find and cultivate self-worth within yourself I think that would be huge advice um and I think it maybe have more fun yeah oh my god, <laughs> I took yeah. myself so seriously in my 20s oh my god I well, feel like I get... want to be taken seriously I finally know. and then it's like oh shit we just wasted all this free time on being serious and we have like fucking 40 years to be serious I know 80, and now it's years. it's so funny I feel like I'm regressing now it's like I'm 34 but if you looked at my Instagram it's the silliest like I'm the silliest person now and I have yep. so much fun but it's just like you know I'm like it's I, I feel like sometimes I find myself like talking in a baby voice or like doing all these little <laughs> silly things because I'm just it's so much more fun that way so yeah I would say also just like let yourself have fun give yourself work like work-life balance I, I I really wish I gave myself work-life balance even in my 20s as a performer like I missed so many weddings I missed so many life opportunities because I was like waiting for a callback or you know in a show on a tour couldn't get the day off um yeah life's too short I don't know I'm in this very you're get you're catching me at a very extension existential moment of a lot of work that I'm doing so I'm curious to like listen back to this interview in a year and be like okay Maria <laughs> I'm excited to see it unfold like over the coming you know the videos that I see on Instagram and stuff like that and as we like poke in and check in on each other and stuff because um yeah, it's funny because we think we're not making progress, but when you see like, you know, a couple weeks here and there and what people yes. see and, and they don't, like you're like, oh shit, like you moved here, you did that. And you're like, oh, I did? Oh yeah, that's right. And that's why, not to keep harping on plants, but I have, and I, I wrote about this in my book, like I had this crazy aha moment in the pandemic where I felt so stuck. This was before my book deal. I just was like, I, I just lost my job. I just like don't know what's going on. Why is this happening? And I was looking through my my pictures. I had a green wall in my in my apartment in New York City. Oh, it's so cool. And, you know, it was my green wall. I looked at it every day. I didn't notice how much it had grown. I was looking through pictures and I found the first photo that we had taken. And the plants had grown f- like three feet. Like the plants had grown tremendously since we installed that green that green wall. I just wasn't able to see it because it was just this slow incremental growth every day. Mm-hmm. And I it was just this aha moment for me of like, oh my gosh, that is also happening in me. That slow incremental growth that we cannot see anymore. But all of a sudden we hit a download mark or we, you know, 
hit a revenue goal or whatever and we're like oh my god look how far I've grown Mm -hmm. um even recently like I've been taking calls some like pretty high level like sales calls and remarking to my husband like damn I'm like a different person on these calls than I was a year ago but I've needed a year in order to have a before and after right like you need time to have a before and after um, and that sucks because I'm impatient as fuck and I have a well, feeling time you is are limited too. too. Yeah. And time is limited and we're good people so why can't everything just work out for us, right? I, I know. know. I know that thought. <laughs> I know it so deeply. I know it so deeply. Um, but I think, yeah, and I, I do think that's why every entrepreneur should have plants too because they just, they're going to reflect so many things back at you at the exact moment that that you need to see them. Yeah, I agree. I have two ZZ plants that I've had, God, for like six years. They've moved to like four different apartments. They've Amazing. moved across like state lines. Did you bring they, them back from Austin? Been, I did. That's what I'm saying. They've been back and forth. They were, I got them in Brooklyn in one apartment, moved to another apartment in Brooklyn, moved to Upper West Side, then moved to Long Island, then moved to Austin, went cross country, drove across country with them, and then just drove back with them. Amazing. So like they've seen it all. But Amazing. Um, you know, the other ones didn't make it, but it's fine. We got two. Yeah, <laughs> we got two that's that okay. Remain. And that's yeah. okay. Some of them don't make it. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm proud of you, girl. I mean, I've known you now. I don't remember when we moved. When we, when we, is it a year? When I did we move? Almost, well, like nine months. September. August. Nine September, months. October. But for you to be this young and to be this woke and to be this um, awakened is wild. And you're so brave for making the show in the mud in the moment of it of of figuring this out um I think that's really ballsy and I think it's really necessary and I know that you know you're not going to have my journey right we're all going to have our different journeys but I see and hold space for all the success that I know is coming to you and all the success that you know you already have now that might also be hard to to kind of recognize Thank you I appreciate it I know it'll come you know in in time but you know it's it's uh it's doing what it needs to do to get me to be the person that I need to be, which never thought we'd be at this place that we are now. I'm a lot more confident, so that's that's really good. No more bullshit, but uh, or maybe like a little bit of bullshit, but like right. mostly you no bullshit. You always need a little bit of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I really appreciate that because it's been a as it's been a pretty rough six months. I think it's interesting how we all since November things have been like shit. I don't know, question mark. Yeah. It's we're all going through something purging yeah. of sorts. So, uh, you know, I I'm glad that we're all not going through it alone, even though it is different. Like we're doing, we're doing different types of purging. Um, but I do really appreciate that. But um, as we wrap up, and speaking of your book, where where can people find you? Where can people buy the book? Like you know, where can they listen yeah. to the show? All that stuff. Come hang digitally with me at the Growing Joy with Plants podcast. On the podcast, I help you care for plants successfully and cultivate joy in your life through doing so. So we have a lot of plant care tutorials, whether it's houseplants or gardens, and a lot of self-care tutorials for how to use plants to live a happier life. We have an episode on healing burnout with plants coming out soon, which is going to be really good. And then, yeah, check out my book. It's called Growing Joy, The Plant Lover's Guide to Happiness. The self-help junkie got to write a self-help book about how to use plants to live a happier life. And you can follow me on socials at Growing Joy with Maria. I'm literally going to buy it after this. And then I'm probably yeah. going to get back into being really obsessed with plants. So I hope you do. Both like thank you and no thanks. Like, <laughs> right. Know. Thank I, you I and know. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean though, right? Yes, I do. Um, with love, but also like, oh, great. Okay. We need oh, we great. needed a new hobby. So here it is. But, yes. Um. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing all your gold nuggets and being like raw and real and authentic and like 
also reaching out when you did in August because I also have a really difficult time making friends and I feel like a, like my inner child's like narrative is like I'm a burden if I'm in any one space or taking up any time or any anything so yeah. for you to reach out I was like oh my god I have a friend like I someone who's doing podcast like something that's different something you know a new person in a new space yeah. makes um you know so thank you for for everything which is so funny too that you say that because like the minute we met, we got so deep so quickly, which is so funny that you're scared to make or that you feel nervous to make friends because when you're then in that container, and I think also we allow that for each other, but like it is so funny how deep our two hour, you know, walk went for having never met each other before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that that goes to show too, I think that we were super aligned. We were supposed to meet. We're both in the same energetic level. And when it's like that, you're just like, I'm not gonna ask you what the weather is. Like, tell me, tell me what what shits, what what the trauma is. What's going on? Your inner child. (laughs) Let's talk about that instead. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was so great. I look forward to seeing the the new things that are blossoming after you like rediscover this new version of Maria. Yes, me too, and for you as well.